And I was there doing acupuncture on her and trying to calm her down during contractions. And I have to say, I'm still in awe of the power of the human body. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to the Wollistic Doses podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Kane. If this is your first time tuning in, we have curated content provided by health and wellness providers that are a part of the Wollistic community. For more information, check out www.wollistic.com. Today's guest on Wollistic Doses focuses on bringing harmony and balance back into the body. She graduated from the Taoist Traditions College of Chinese Medical Arts with a degree of acupuncture in Chinese medicine focusing on advanced studies in cardiology, neurology, obstetrics, and endocrinology. She is also an herbalist and has a background in nutrition. In her spare time, she enjoys going to the beach with her family, kayaking, hiking, and traveling. I'd like to welcome to the show, Dr. Monique Santoro. Thank you, Eddie, and thank you, Willistic, for having me on. This is great. I've come to learn there are several different forms of traditional Chinese medicine. I was wondering if you can give our listeners a high-level overview of Chinese medicine as a whole, and perhaps which modalities that you practice? Yeah, of course. So Chinese medicine is sort of an umbrella term for all the things that um, that I do. So under Chinese medicine, there's acupuncture, which tends to be the most common, um, people are most familiar with that. Um, and that is the use of a thin filiform needle, so a solid needle to elicit a response in the body. There's also cupping and gua sha. Michael Phelps kind of make cupping famous, so people are a little more familiar with that as well. Um, but they tend to be really helpful for inflammation in the body and then moving and moving blood as well. And then there's moxibustion. So moxibustion is um, the act of warming um, an area or the needle, and that can just help quicken a response, help move blood, warm the area. So I always use the analogy of boiling water. When you heat up water, the molecules go crazy. It's sort of the same thing. It's like, you know, if you've got pain, putting a heating pad on it to help bring blood to that area to heal. Um, and so moxibustion is similar in that way. Um, and then there's also herbal medicine. So Chinese herbs are really great to help with um, facilitating treatment with acupuncture, but they can also be used alone for those who don't want the acupuncture and they only want herbal medicine and then maybe like dietary um, lifestyle changes. And when we had uh, spoke previously, you had mentioned uh, echinacea and that was something that I actually took because I was, I felt a cold coming on. So I asked for your advice and it worked. So I really do appreciate that recommendation and was able to see that that did work for me. Wonderful. Yeah, echinacea is um, what we call an adaptogen. So it can help um, build up the immune system when you're going through some a cold or um, having some sinus congestion, that sort of thing. To get a glimpse into the typical patient journey, what are the most common ailments uh, that your patients are experiencing when they visit you? So this actually is interesting. It comes in waves. So someone could walk in with one um, ailment and then 10 more people come in with the same thing. And then it changes a month later. It's really interesting how that can happen in the clinic. Currently, I would say just with the weather changing, I'm seeing a lot of cold sinus infections and arthritis. So it's cold and flu season. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And then arthritis, people tend to get pretty stiff joints um, in the cold weather, rainy weather. And we've had a lot of those weeks recently. So I've had a lot more patients dealing with those wanting to um, help with the stiffness and the pain. And another big one, I would say just in general is neck and back pain. Those are pretty huge. 
So just whether it be a herniation or arthritis in the back and neck or just general muscular pain. So focusing on the um, arthritic uh, symptoms that people typically come to see you for, what modality do you prefer to use for those patients? That's an interesting question. So, and that's a, that's actually a great question because the way Chinese medicine works is that it's different for everyone. It's really just depend, depends on the pathology of the person. So um, just because someone has a diagnosis of osteoarthritis, so the overuse basically of the joints and they're having um, degeneration of their cartilage, um, just because um, two people have that, that diagnosis does not mean that it's presenting the same way. So some people do better with heat. Some people do better with the um, gua sha. It kind of, it depends. So actually part of my practice is I take pulses and I do more than just the rate. I, I check different. So by checking the pulses, I'm checking the organ systems and I'm also looking at tongues and that can be a geographical platform for the organ systems as well. And so that tells me the state of the fluids, the blood, are the organs communicating with each other because everyone needs to be in harmony working together. And so um, by doing that, I can see one person has osteoarthritis for this reason, and we need to nourish the fluids in the body. And using heat can be one of the ways to do that, as well as uh, acupuncture and herbal medicine. And then the next person might come in with that same diagnosis. They might just have a lot of like stiff, like cold presentation. So you would see like they have that aversion to cold, like I was mentioning before. Um, and that makes them more stiff. So like using heat there can be really helpful or, um, you know, or they might just have a lot of like stasis there that just needs some blood flow and it helps the treatment significantly. So it's really an individual approach and an overall idea that the body can heal itself. Exactly. Exactly. Using the medicine to strengthen the body so that it can just basically just helping the body heal itself. Exactly. That's awesome. And narrowing down the focus um, to acupuncture, since it is one of the better known forms of Chinese medicine, is the focus more on preventative care or is it a break fix? What's your uh, synopsis of that? Um, So it actually can be both. Um, especially with more modern medicine. So actually in ancient China, acupuncture and Chinese medicine, it basically the doctor treating the, the emperor or anyone, it was fired if they got sick. Wow. So a very different um, perspective than we use today. So it's really interesting, you know, so completely rooted in prevention medicine. But that's not necessarily the case in, with modern medicine today. There's more of a understanding that like if you have pain, if you feel sick, then you go to the doctor. So that's a, a more what I deal with. Um, you know, patients coming in, they already have the ailments. But the nice thing about it is that patients actually continue a lot of times coming for maintenance or for other things that have come up because they realize that they, they receive so much benefit for their original chief complaint. And so they want to continue to um, be healthy and maybe get off medications or do whatever they can to continue in, you know, in their healing journey. So, and I always appreciate that because I appreciate people trying to take care of themselves. Yeah, definitely. And how often is it that you see someone that's tried many different ways with Western medicine to relieve symptoms that they have, and then really reaching out as, as kind of a last resort, if you will? That is very common, especially with really serious um, conditions. Um, 
but yes, I mean, I've had patients with fibromyalgia that they're like, you know, no one can do anything for me or someone, you know, going into kidney failure. Like we don't know why this is happening or, um, you know, side effects from pharmaceuticals, but there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to why it's happening. Blood work is perfect. Scans are perfect. Um, I have people come in for that kind of thing all the time. And I think it's great that they were able to be open-minded and find another modality of medicine because we're here and, and can help. So especially because it's so individualized, it doesn't need to show up. I don't need to see that blood work to, to find what's wrong. So that that's pretty common. Yeah, I would imagine. So it is breast cancer awareness month. So I did want to touch base um, around breast cancer and have you give some advice uh, specifically, you know, chemotherapy being a popular treatment uh, for cancer aggressive forms. Uh, chemotherapy has many side effects. I was wondering if you could touch base on how acupuncture can help a patient that is receiving chemotherapy treatment uh, with those side effects, maybe stiff joints um, or nausea, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say the most common um, symptoms that patients come in for at that time would be nausea, fatigue, dryness, pain, anxiety, you know, stiff joints, absolutely. And acupuncture can really help to relieve these symptoms while they're going through this chemo treatment. It's really important to have um, these, these symptoms treated because it will help the patient fight the cancer better. If they feel stronger, if their body is stronger, if they're not feeling fatigued or if they're able to get food down, um, they need those nutrients to help fight as well as, you know, if they're dealing with anxiety, anxiety and depression can be a big part of it because there's a lot of unknown, you know, is this treatment going to work? You know, why did I get diagnosed with this? Why is this happening? There's, you know, a lot of uncertainty with that. So being able to calm the mind, um, you know, help with anxiety, any panic attacks, depression can be really powerful because calming the mind can help with just overall healing especially when ruminating thoughts can be really inflammatory. So, Yeah, and those thoughts I can imagine would lead to stress in the body, which uh, would tend to get in the way perhaps of healing. Is that correct or fair to say? Absolutely, absolutely, because that it, it, the same thing can create an inflammatory response. And Dr. Santoro, you're also an herbalist. Um, so I was interested in learning how herbs can help fend off cancer and more specifically, maybe breast cancer? Um, so yeah, so herbal medicine is really wonderful. So typically how it works is single herbs in Chinese medicine. So Western herbs are a little different, like we, echinacea is a Western herb. So in Chinese medicine, it's a little bit different in how we prepare them. So single herbs are actually combined into formulas to create a medicine that focuses on the individual's needs. So as I mentioned earlier, um, each focus, each treatment is going to be focused specifically on an individual. So they're basically um, specific to how the ailment is affecting that person. So the same thing, if two different people come in with breast cancer and one person will say, I take their pulses and it tends, they're very weak and deficient and they don't seem to be fighting very well. But then the next person has really exuberant pulses. They're, you know, they're hot. They're, they have a lot of like, they're anxious. They have a lot of these excess symptoms. Their body is probably fighting it off than the, the first person. Um, so giving some herbs to help with person one, to help with um, immunity, just helping build them up. Um, and then with the next person, really more detoxifying, like helping with that inflammation, because 
they're going to be in a better place that they can go through a detox, whereas the first person is not really going to be in that place. They're, they're going to show a lot more symptoms um, if you try to just go through um, these treatments that are really detoxifying and cleansing. They're going to need more of a, a buildup first. So at, herbs can be really helpful for that, as well as actually after going through um, chemotherapy, if someone were to see me after using Chinese herbs to help with actually getting, flushing out any radiation, um, chemo, anything that's still in the body so that there's no residual side effects from that. That can be really powerful. Wow. So this really coincides with the overall idea of uh, Chinese medicine being an individual approach with the modalities of treatment, but also with the herbs, it seems to take that same approach with being able to combine many different kinds of herbs together based on individualized approach to healing. Exactly. And so like, um, like I mentioned with the first person who might be, their immune system may not be, um, have the power to fight the chemo, building a formula for them with a lot of tonics, what we'd say like immune builders, and then maybe trickling in some herbs that help with some detoxing. So it's not so intense on their system, but it's still fighting while it's building up their system. I'd like to break away briefly from speaking with Dr. Santoro to introduce the sponsor of this podcast, Harmony Farms Natural Foods and Supplements. Since 1978, Harmony Farms has served the Raleigh community as the local experts for nutrient-based healthy living. At the corner of Millbrook and Creedmoor Road, Harmony Farms offers a selection of supplements from vendors that meet the highest standards for pure sourcing and processing. With gluten and allergen-free grocery choices and only organic produce, every customer who comes in with questions leaves with a feeling of confidence about their choices. Now, with an organic drink bar that serves smoothies, juices, and espresso, along with a careful selection of CBD products from trusted vendors. Learn more at harmony-farms.net. And so you have a wide variety of expertise. From your experience, I was wondering, what would be a few ways that someone uh, can help to avoid getting breast cancer? Yeah, so um, I would say a couple different things. So knowing, so things that you can't change, right, are going to be like, so knowing your risks are going to be really important. So things that you can't change would be like your family history. Your hereditary um, genetics. Exactly. Kind of knowing your lineage, that kind of thing. Um, so maybe getting tested in that way or maybe not. I mean, it's also okay not to know if you are predisposed because I think there's also some worry that comes along with that. But then also if you tend to um, go through a menstrual cycle longer. So if you say were younger than 12 and older than 55, um, so younger than 12 when you went through menarche, and then older than 55, when you go through menopause, cycling for that long, having that much estrogen hormone um, in your system can be inflammatory and can actually be a risk factor for breast cancer. So knowing that sort of thing, so just being prepared, getting checked, always doing self-checks can be really helpful to prevent. And then also just being physically active. Being physically active has shown um, less rates of breast cancer um, maintaining a healthy weight after menopause because it is more common for women um, after menopause to get breast cancer, but it seems like it, it's such a, a large epidemic. Really, anyone can at this point. And then also oral contraceptives, birth control pills, um, and taking hormone during menopause to help with side effects. Those can actually be risk factors for breast cancer. So just being on the lookout if you take a birth control pill 
um, you know, just doing those self checks, being aware of the signs of breast cancer. If there's a wrinkle in the breast, color change, shape change, um, those can all be things, <clears throat> excuse me, that that show up as abnorm abnormalities, um, especially too if it um, is just happening in one breast over um, instead of both. That can be a big sign. So just being aware of those things can be very helpful. That's great advice, really being in tune with your body. Uh, some of those suggestions that you mentioned as far as, you know, being aware and resonate with even just uh, skin cancer or if someone has any sort of um, change in their skin could oftentimes be a sign of cancer aside from breast cancer. But, you know, just being in tune with your body and noticing changes, would that be uh, one of the major takeaways? Absolutely. You know, the more awareness you have to just, you know, even how you're holding your body or what you said, what shows up on your skin and, you know, how things are changing. Um, if you have a mole that's always looked the same and all of a sudden something's different about it. And actually another big one is for women, not just with breast cancer, but women who have gone through menopause and then, you know, maybe two years later notice they are spotting, having a little bit of blood and they are no longer cycling. Um, this is a big you know, this might be something to look at, look at gynecologically. So um, just because it only happens for an hour or for a day, always get those things checked out because you never know what it lead to. And so the body's always trying to give us warning signs and sometimes they're really small, but they can be um, really impactful if we find them quickly. That's valuable information. Thank you for sharing that with us. As we wind down, can you share with us something that you have recently been learning about could be a book you're reading, a documentary you've recently watched. Um, could you share that with us and, and what you learned? Yeah. So actually, um, I'm, if, if we had had this conversation maybe last week, it would be a lot different because um, I was actually studying. I just got a new certification um, for herbal medicine. So just learning more about that. Always, always a student learning medicine. So but since we're having the conversation today, I'm actually going to talk about, um, I was with my sister the last 24 hours as she was in labor. And um, I don't have any children. I wasn't there for her first child being born. So I hadn't experienced it before. And I was there doing acupuncture on her and trying to calm her down during contractions. And I have to say, I'm still in awe of the power of the human body. And so she did this completely naturally. She was taking some herbs and then we were doing the acupuncture. Um, but I just, I see it every day in the, in the clinic, how powerful people are and how things can change so quickly. Um, but going through that with her, I can't even say going through that with her. She did it all. I didn't do anything, but just being there with her, it just really, um, reminded me of how strong the body is. And I think that that really translates with just in general health. Um, so just those for, who are struggling with their health and they um, don't know what to do. Nothing seems to be helping. Just know that there are ways to make your body stronger. You are a strong individual and your body can handle a lot, a lot. Um, and so just know that there are ways to, um, to handle your struggles and natural medicine is a really valuable tool, um, to help with, with that. Um, so, but yeah, I'm just, I'm still in awe, I think. <laughs> 
That's powerful. Definitely you being there to witness that and be a part of it, I'm sure meant a lot to her as well and helped ease maybe some of the anxiety that she was going through to help her through that. Um, For my final question, how do you deal with stress? Well, that is a good question. Um, It's definitely changed over the years for sure. I'd say more recently, I have found that um, changing my mind about stressful situations makes all the difference. Um, so I'll give you an example of something that happened recently just to make some sense of this. So I paid off my car loan, you know, several months ago and they lost my title. And so I was, you know, I wasn't really sure. I was like, oh, wait, what do you mean? I gave you all this money. You have to have it. And so, um, so they were saying that the original bank had it and that the original bank said, no, you refinance. They have it. We sent it, you know, so I ended up going to the DMV four times over this. And so Nobody wants to go to the DMV once a year. I went like in a couple of months, four times. So the very last time I went, um, this also included about three to four trips back and forth to different places that they kept sending me because they wouldn't tell me all the things to do at once. It was like one step at a time. I, I don't know why that was. And so, and it was a hot summer day. It was just, everything was just felt like it was going wrong. And so as I was driving, I could feel my shoulders and my ears, my neck tightening. And I just thought, I'm going to get a headache. I'm so stressed out. This sucks. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, just in that moment, I realized, okay, don't like, I need to just calm down. And so then I just started realizing, wow, like I am so lucky that I had the free time to handle this today. And I, you know, it is such a beautiful day outside. Like that is so lucky that it's not raining while I'm, I'm going through this. And wow, I paid off my car loan. I don't have to deal with a a car loan anymore. How lucky is that? And, you know, how blessed am I to, you know, be able to drive this car from the DMV to the bank and not have to worry about it? Like, you know, and just going through that, just realizing that helped me calm down so much that my shoulders left my ears and my neck, you know, just completely released. I didn't get a headache and I just took a natural deep breath and I was in a good mood again. And you know, just realizing, you know, what you have, being able to change your mind in those moments. And some might say, you know, that's just a day in the life. That's, that's an easy situation, but, and there are a lot harder situations that we have to deal with, with children, feeding children and, you know, money, job, people losing their jobs, dealing with death. Like there's a lot of hard things we have to deal with every day. Um, But if you can find a moment to calm your mind and bring awareness to how you're feeling, then you, then it's easier to be able to make decisions about your next step. Like, what am I going to do next? Instead of feeling angry or frustrated or sad um, and not thinking that there's no end in sight, being able to um, be calm and and make that next decision is going to be really helpful. And I find that meditation can can really help people with changing their mind and helping with um, stress and anxiety because it, it really is calming and it brings awareness to how you're holding your body and um, just paying more attention to those sort of things. And even guided meditation for those who don't like to sit completely still, you know, doing a guided meditation where they're bringing you through, you know, the top of your So you, you took that negative situation and turned it into a positive by focusing on, it sounded like the things that you're grateful for. And no matter the circumstances uh, that we're going through, I feel that there's always um, a light shining. Sometimes it's more difficult to see that light, but there's always something to be grateful for. And when you can break away from what's troubling you in a moment and focus on to be grateful for, 
those small things that you're grateful for add up and they build up. And then when you are dealing with um, some of those more intricate issues and um, problems that we face in life, you're more conditioned to be able to adapt to those situations. Absolutely. There's more of a foundation. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share before we end this segment of Willistic Doses? Yeah, no, I just want to say thank you for having me on. People just have questions about certain things that they're going through. Um, I'm always happy to answer questions, anything else that um, that could come up um, or about specific ailments um, that you mentioned earlier that people don't seem to, nothing seems to be helping. So I'm always happy to answer questions and help any way I can. So thank you so much for having me on and I appreciate it. For further information regarding this episode of Holistic Doses, please check out the description. There you'll find contact information for Dr. Monique Santoro. Remember to like and share with friends, family members, and colleagues. This is your host, Eddie Kane, and this has been another episode of Holistic Doses.